Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We have a very special and exclusive interview with a man who happens to be a very good friend of mine, actor-musician Chris Mulkey. If you've cruised through the channels at night, you've seen this man in a television or movie at some point. He's been in over 70 productions on television and uh, in the movie theater. Uh, he played Annie Potts' husband in Any Day Now from 1998 to 2002. He has also appeared in Captain Phillips' Against the Wall, Cloverfield, the NBC TV movie Night Rider, 24, Boardwalk Empire, Friday Night Lights, Better Call Saul, Boomtown, Justify, Beretta, and Twin Peaks, among others. Not only is he uh, originally a St. Paul native, uh, he's a really cool musician and a songwriter. We're going to be listening to some of his music tonight. But not only did he celebrate a birthday this week, he also survived COVID-19. Chris Mulkey, thanks for being with us on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Paul, it's my pleasure. Good to talk to you again, again, again. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, <laughs> I haven't seen you in a while, and um, uh, I'm so, you know, I, I've fallen on Facebook that you, you, you got the virus uh, and you survived, knock on wood, thank God. Tell us what it was like, and how did you know you had something other than the flu? Um, you know, honestly, I didn't. I mean, we were uh, we we got it early. My daughter um, went to went to see a show at a club that um, that I play at. Uh, this club called uh, the Bourbon Room up in uh, Hollywood. They they're doing every night they. The six days a week they do a show um, up there, and then she's wanted to do her cabaret, and uh, she was talking to a guy that's in the show, and he was sweaty and blah blah blah, and then just they were at a table talking real close. I mean, you know, you know, because it's noisy, and um, and he's coughing and stuff like that. And two days later, she's not feeling really good, and then four days later, she's got a temperature, and I go over there for dinner, and. Um, and then we're all sick six days later. Wow. Um, and, but I'm, I, I, how, why did I, why did I know I didn't feel well? I tried, I rode my bike from my house to Venice beach, which is about eight blocks. And I lay down in the sand and I, I thought, man, I'm getting really old. I can't even ride a mile to the beach on a bike. <laughs> this is crazy. Right. And I fell asleep for two hours on the sand, wow. exhausted. And I pedaled back. And then went to sleep for four more hours, and I felt like a noodle. My whole body ached, and I went, I probably had this thing. Hmm. And I, and then I got tested like five days later, and I, I had the thing. So Wow. So what was your uh, length of recovery, and what was how, what was the stages of recovery? Um, let me see. The first, like, week uh like week or eight days um i don't even remember because i just slept all the time i couldn't watch tv paul i couldn't play music i couldn't listen to music uh, and i just and i couldn't read anything um and i was super tired I, i'd go down and have a cup of coffee and i'd i'd say oh man i'm really tired and go back to sleep for like four hours wow so i don't remember anything really hmm. and uh and luckily uh dana sparks who had got it with me my girlfriend um she and I had it together. So it was, um, so the first seven days she recovered quicker than me, uh, were, were a blank. And then another 
like I'd say another whole week where I was 50%, but I, but I didn't talk to anybody. You notice I didn't, I wasn't bugging you, right. uh, you know, going, what's up, Paul? <laughs> so I stayed off the internet for like three weeks and, um, but now it's been eight weeks and I'm, uh, I'm, uh, riding my bike and, you know, lifting weights and playing music and talking to you on the radio. And, uh, Oh, I got my sense of humor back too. So it's great. <laughs> well, you're one of the funniest guys I know in a, in a great hang, by the way. So, hey, you so your, your daughter's got kids, right? Yes. Uh, two and uh, five. So how did, uh, when your daughter was sick, how did she deal with taking care of the kids? Well, women are about 50% easily stronger than men. Oh yeah. Easily. Um, and they can and do smarter, stuff that, and smarter, and smarter, yeah, smarter, and um, and they can. I don't know how they did it. I just don't know. It was just because uh, uh, they they, but they powered through it. I think Aubrey, the husband, got well a couple of days after Amelia did, but they just powered through it, and um, and uh, yeah, and my mother, my my daughter's mother-in-law lives there as well in the other house and she got it. She's 65. Wow. And she, she got, she got hit really pretty hard and, and took longer than, um, than any of us to recover, but we're all back and fine. Chris Malky, you, um, Ouch. you, uh, have such a storied career in, uh, film and television and, uh, you, just got uh, just had a little correspondence with one of the uh, first couples, well-known American couples that contracted it, and that's Tom Hanks and uh, Rita Wilson. And you were in yeah. Captain Phillips uh, with Tom Hanks. So tell us about uh, what that. How's Tom and Rita doing now? They're doing great. You know, I I did Captain Phillips with Tom, and then Rita Wilson and I did a movie called uh, Gloria Bell that came out this time last year with John Turturro and Juliana Moore. Mm -hmm. It's a great, great movie. It's called uh, Gloria Bell. Um, so yeah, so I've worked with both of them, which is kind of hilarious. Mm -hmm. I played Rita's husband. Um, <laughs> so, but anyhow, um, they're doing good, and they're they're a big advocate for people following protocol and social distancing and, um, and be really smart about this. And so, uh, yeah, they're, they're socially minded, you know, socially conscious people. And, uh, but they were, they were really sick. They got hit down in Australia when they were getting ready to, uh, do what was Tom going to do down there? I don't know. I can't remember, hmm. but, um, I was, I was supposed to be in Europe right now shooting a TV series. So, but we pushed that until July. And since I've had COVID already, um, I can go do it. So, Well, and we're going to talk about, uh, with my guest Chris Mulkey, a little later on in the show, we're going to talk about the effect that this has on, uh, uh, on the film and television business and as well as the music scene because uh, Chris is a, is a, has been playing for years, a great guitar player and uh, songwriter. Now, Chris, uh, while we were getting the uh, uh, technical part of this interview set up, Tonight, you were telling us about something you just read in the L.A. Times about the uh, uh, epidemic of the Spanish flu in, in uh, 2018. Tell us what uh, about that article. Well, it it was in the L.A. Times, and the L.A. Times covered the Spanish flu in 1818, 18, 18, um, 18 in 1918 and 19. 19 right at the end of the mm -hmm. world war one and it, and it killed millions of people including paul 
my father's mother down in Savannah, Georgia. Wow. Yeah. So um, it chronicled what the steps were, social distancing, wear masks. And then summer came and and everybody said, we're not going to wear masks anymore. And and the, all the people, all the mayors and everything across California said, yes, we're opening up the state. And all of America opened up following suit. And they had a summer of great summer. And then August came along and it resurged. And I think it killed in, I think it killed a quarter of a million people in three months. Holy cow. After that, just, just that one thing. And then when Christmas came, it resurged again. And it killed, it killed, I think, 60 million people worldwide, maybe more. Isn't that I mean, incredible? Just, so people went, oh, this, none of this matters. It's summertime. It's beautiful outside. Uh, but they didn't have a virus. It was a virus. It was the same deal. And, um, and they didn't have an anecdote. And they weren't conscious. And in California, they um, had measures in place. But they uh, they let them go in Kansas City and and Milwaukee the two towns that went from the get go spanish flu who cares everybody's going to get it it's they spent um the spanish flu decimated Kansas City huh. and um and Milwaukee it was it's, it's a really interesting article i'll send it to you right so but we're doing but we're doing exactly what they did then um, there were demonstrations in the streets in 1918 in the springtime going there this has turned into a communist country we have no control i mean the rhetoric was exactly the same and that was 100 so, years ago that, yeah it was a, yeah it was right it was 100 years ago so it proves that I guess we're not smarter, <laughs> or some people are not smarter, but you and I, you know, we're, we're on it. Well, you know, I have to say, uh, Chris, I know because you spend a lot of time when you can uh, back up here in Minnesota, and we sure yeah. hope when uh, when the smoke clears you can come back. But uh, Governor Walz here is doing an incredible job. We're actually one of the safest and healthiest states in the union, and uh, he's, mm -hmm. he's uh, extended the stay-at-home uh, uh, orders for about another week or week and a half. So we feel good. And of course, we got the Mayo Clinic, the University of Minnesota, and Medtronic. So we're in good hands. We're going to listen to a little bit of Chris Mulkey uh, from good. a scene in the movie Captain Phillips. And we'll be back for the rest of the show with my good friend Chris. Hey, I heard uh, Lori's new friends living with you. You got a three way going or what? <laughs> Bitches on my crew. You ask me. Shit's out of control. Funny thing, I didn't ask you. <laughs> come on, let's go, come on. Oh, please, take it easy. What are you gonna do, my taxes? Huh? Should have done that, Earl. <laughs> Cap. They're coming back. I'm a union guy, okay? 25 years, all right? And I'm telling you right now, then they're not paying me enough to fight pirates, okay? Yeah. You all signed up for a route that went around the Horn of Africa. What did you expect? We get out, we put some room between us and go them. Where? Turn and go. go where? In eight hours, we could be, what, 100 miles from 100, here? 150 east. Easy. I mean, and you're a fireman, right? I mean, you've probably seen a whole lot of stuff. I used to be a fireman. Drinking got the best of me. I couldn't control it, so they fired me. 
tried the Bible, Jim Beam versus John 310. That didn't work out. Well, Jim Beam won. Yeah. I went to AA, let go and let God. And I'm keeping my side of the street clean. Yeah. Huh. So we just heard a song written and performed by my guest, man of many talents, Mr. Chris Mulkey. Chris, tell us a little bit about that song. It sounds like it might have a cool backstory. Oh, Down in the Hole. I wrote it for my uncle, Bobby, who was, um, he was an aeronautical engineer for years at Lockheed and developed the C-130 and a Korean War veteran. And he had a farm outside of Atlanta, um, where my family's from. Atlanta, Georgia, we move up north because we need to make some money, so they moved up north. Anyhow, but Bobby <laughs> stayed, and when he retired, he started growing. Uh, he, he was always a great grower. He always mm-hmm. had good gardens and things. Good gardens, tomatoes, zucchini, you know, okra. But he was started growing some excellent marijuana. Um, just excellent. And um, What year was that? Um, what year when he began? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think he began growing... I'm going to say 1980, okay. probably 1980. That's something fun, and, to do uh, in your, something fun to do in your retirement. Yeah, he had a 42-acre 40, farm in uh, Marietta. And um, and anyhow, so then, you know, I would go down there and we'd, we'd drink muscadine wine. It's muscadine. It's a, um, a grape that they grow down there. And then we'd smoke some, uh, some, we'd smoke some of his, of his, of his uh, product. And it was great. And um, so things went along anyhow. And, I went down there one time, uh, coincidentally, I was doing Michael Mann's uh, TV miniseries called um, Drug Wars. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> So I you, were, like, you were trying to get in character is what you were doing. I was, I was playing a DEA guy. <laughs> I, was, I was playing a DEA guy. And um, anyhow, so I went up there to visit him because I had a couple of days off. And, and I went up to a ranch and of uh, the farm and I said, and I noticed that, they're having a barbecue and some people I was I wasn't getting a good vibe from a couple of the neighbors that were there. It just like seemed a little shady. Anyhow, they turned out to be undercover uh undercover cops oh, with man. the uh, Atlanta and um P D and so they they busted my uh my uncle and, and he got uh, he clapped copped a um copped a plea bargain so that everybody didn't go to jail. And uh and, and now this is the time when marijuana is is legal in California, and you can grow a couple plants, and right. blah blah blah, and at very worst, if you're driving a car, they'll give you a ticket for smoking a joint. Right. right. So, 
Um, but down there, he got sentenced to 10 to 15 years in wow. Atlanta State Prison. And he did four. And while he was in there, <clears throat> and I went to visit him, um, I wrote a song for him called Down in the Hole. And this is the song. Very cool. To my Uncle Bobby. Cool. Hey, you know, you, you know, Chris, there was a great uh, John Bream, the, the music critic for the Star Tribune, wrote a book that came out several years ago called Dylan. And it was, uh, it was two... Uh, people um, talking about every Dylan record that he ever did, and uh, uh, I was I did uh, Under the Red Sky, which record nobody likes but but me, and uh, oh. with this this uh, Detroit writer. But there was a great story. Ike Riley, uh, you might have heard of Ike. He's good, kind of a good punk rock songwriter from Chicago. He was doing talking about a. Uh, uh, one of Dylan's records with Rick Ocasek from the Cars, and towards the end of the view, uh, Ike told Rick, you know, he goes, it was crazy, Rick. I remember when we got that cassette of one of those, uh, that new Cars record, and we're driving around, the four of us outside of Chicago, listening to the record and and uh, smoking dope, and we got pulled over by the by the cops, and the cop goes, uh, uh, gentlemen, and he goes, I smell, uh, he goes, do you have cannabis in the car? No, officer, just a little weed. <laughs> there you go. And that's yeah. why they call it dope. That's why they call it dope. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's funny. So this you know, I wrote this for Uncle Bobby. Now yeah, Chris, you were uh, you had kind of a long standing gig out in uh, Hollywood at the House of Blues, correct? Yeah, I played there for three years and during the three years, um about a year and a half into it, um they made us the house band uh, in the Voodoo Lounge, and we were the house band uh, for uh, another year and a half. Wow! Yeah, and then we, of course, then we moved up to Vegas, and we started playing um, the House of Blues in uh, in Mandalay Bay in, in Vegas. So, yeah. Well, uh, Vegas, Vegas baby. Yeah, we're in Vegas, baby. Well, you know, uh, you know my my good buddy Sonny Earl, my harmonica partner. In fact, we yeah, just uh, we did a live stream on uh, Saturday that run that AM950 ran it last night. And uh, we hadn't, you know, he and I had been playing almost weekly since 1997. And then, of course, I played mm-hmm. weekly with our good friend, may rest in peace, Willie Walker. Of course, Amen. Chris Malky used to sit in with us anytime he was in town at Sean's. But we, number one, getting ready for the gig, Chris, and you can take this, like, where's my cable? Where's my strings? Where's my cord? You know, because oh, my stuff is not in one place. You know, I'm playing all around the house. And Sonny hadn't played, he really hadn't played in about six weeks. So we were rusty. It didn't take us long to kind of get back on the horse and ride. Uh, but you must be missing playing those live gigs like we were. Oh, yeah. You know, I played uh, my last, well, I used to play with, uh, I played down in Louisiana for about 12 years and I just, um, my last, my last big gig was, uh, I went down to, um, to New Orleans and I played with uh legendary, uh, accordionist, uh, Cajun accordionist, Wayne Toops. Oh, sure. And, uh, and, uh, and we just threw that down. So we were there. That was in late October. And then I came back and I played, um, I played the Pacific residency theater. I had a, standing gig over there but i miss it and all my friends like uh, who are great musicians like you and and sunny and all those guys and um they're just it's just killing them i mean um i was supposed to go down to nashville and uh and play down there with my friend ira dean and and chris wallen and those guys and you know and no one's going anywhere and all the oh, it's so hard all the uh 
all the venues are closed, all yeah. the tour gigs are closed, no one's traveling. It's really super tough. It's, my um, my friend Billy Alcorn, uh, originally from Southern Minnesota, uh, went down to Nashville as a songwriter, ended up driving bus for. Uh, Everybody from from Lemmy Motorhead to uh, to Kiss, and then started a business called Alcorn Custom Cases, which does just mm. touring cases for everybody. I mean, Metallica, the WWE, really? Stevie Wonder, yeah. Uh, but I was just talking to him last week. He said because there is no touring anymore, they don't even have enough room to park all the buses for the touring bands from Nashville in Nashville. Wow. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, it's not hilarious. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, we were, um, I was supposed to go down and, and, and play. Uh, right now, I'm supposed supposed to be in, um, I do the Murray Brothers event, the Caddyshack event. I play with Bill Bill Murray and these guys. And, and we do this thing in Jacksonville and, and, uh, and nobody's, we had to cancel that. That's for sure. And I mean, it's, it's crazy, but to that, you know, my, my main gig is the actor gig and, uh, the town is shut down. No one's filming anything. I had my, um, my gig that was supposed to be my acting gig in uh, Vancouver for this series called the power. Um, that's been pushed. And then my other one, uh, mud on the tires, which is, is a regular series that I'm, I'm going to do in Montauk, New York, and then travel to Europe and, and, and shoot a bunch of it in Serbia. Um, has all been pushed until July. So, wow, Chris, best. Chris, hold on to some of those stories. We'll talk more about this with my guest, Chris Mulkey. We'll be back after these messages on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Wall of Power Radio Hour. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz, and my guest and good friend on for the whole show tonight, Mr. Chris Mulkey. Chris, I always like to occasionally give a shout-out to the three ladies, the divas, that uh, sang that um, bumper song for the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We recorded it up in Virginia, Minnesota, and you and I got to know each other in about 2005 because you were filming a movie called North Country in my hometown of Virginia. Do you remember those days, Chris? Oh, those, that's great. I had a great time. And, you know, I'm so glad that we got together. That's for sure. Man, we have, we have, a, we have three books of stories from, <laughs> from being friends this long. But uh, uh, those ladies sound great, by the way. My compliments. That's, that's great. Oh, yeah. They, and they've been singing, uh, singing forever. Shannon Gustin, Sharon Robottom, and Rosella Gams. Tell us a little bit about uh, North Country. Um, and uh, the, the premise of the movie and, uh, and a couple of your co-stars that used to uh, take over Chestnut Street and, uh, oh boy. and get down to Flamer's Bar and have some fun. Hey, John Flamer. Um, well, North Country was about the first sexual harassment suit ever filed in the United States. And coincidentally, my sister-in-law, Susie McPherson, who was a paralegal at that time, um, worked on that case. Unbelievable. <laughs> But um, so they they had me uh, play one of the uh, the minors. Uh, me and Jeremy Renner uh, were the the offending minors, and when we were um, we accosted uh, we accosted Shalice Theron, and Woody Harrelson played her her boyfriend, and so so it'd be Jeremy Renner, Shalice Theron, Rusty Schwimmer, uh, Woody Harrelson, and myself. 
Yeah, at Flamers, drinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. Second was, Avenue and Chestnut Street. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, you can still see some of the teeth marks I left in the bar. <laughs> well, they you were know, so great. We had such a great time. Our good friend Gary Flame, and of course you've had a uh, long-standing invitation anytime you're in that area that uh, you and I can go and play there. I think we threw down once yeah. or twice, and we were there one night uh, with your lovely wife, May she Rest in peace, Karen Landry and yeah. uh, my gal, uh, Amy Hawkins Donlin, and my sister, who was, thank God, was there to drive me home because there was a, I think there was a little brandy flowing that night. Am I correct? Oh, man. I think, I, I think we've played, I think we've played there three times. Okay. I think we might. Um, they're pretty, pretty epic all three times. <laughs> Gary is a great host, and I love everybody down. Big shout out to Virginia, that's for sure. Yeah. It's like, it's so great. Um, I, I just love it up there. I'm itching to go back to Minnesota. My family has a lake place up, of course, up in uh, Cross Lake, Minnesota by Brainerd. So, you know, we uh, I need to get out get the car. Get out on my highway. But not until things open up. Yeah. I don't, don't want to be. Well, you know, people have, because uh, now people are just, you know, everybody's streaming, listening to the radio show like the Wall of Power Radio Hour. But you were just uh, saying on the break that you've got a, a show with uh, uh, my future ex-wife, Rosario, Ra- Rosario Dawson, playing right yeah. now. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, great. Um, yeah, Rosario is uh, plays this um, uh, lawyer that comes back from D.C. to the small Texas town to investigate the... Um, the the death of her daughter who uh, death of her daughter death of her sister who was um, uh, was a police officer in that in that town and it's it's very amazing it's the, the, the series on USA cable is USA network is called Briar Patch and there's ten episodes and um, uh, it's 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 if you imagine Twin Peaks going to South Texas you got it okay it's um, Andrew Andy Greenwald uh, we just did a masterful job of producing and writing all of them. And uh, we've got, it's just visually, it's great. And it's trying to figure out who killed, who killed Rosario's trying to figure out who killed her sister. And it gets deeper and deeper and sexier and sexier and more and more violent. And uh, it's, it's great. I mean, it's terrific. And I, I look good in it. It's great. It's really, I love, I love the series. So it's, so tune in, tune in. Well, you know, I just finished at what I think might be the greatest uh, television series ever. Uh, the last season of Better Call Saul. And yeah. I was watching I, uh, last season and in the last episode, uh, who appears as a Texas oil man with my other future ex-wife, Ray Seahorn, but my friend Chris Mulkey on Better yeah. Call Saul. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, she was great. Um, you know, she's I love that show. I don't, I don't mean that, it's, you know, it's the Me Too world, but she is smoking hot. She must just be a knockout in person. Yeah, she's a lovely, lovely person, really good actress. Oh, my good. and, um, goodness. And we just, we, we just... We totally nailed it. Um, it's a good group in there. Uh, Jonathan Banks is on that show. You know, Jonathan's mm-hmm. a friend of mine and, and and my my late wife, Karen Landry. So, yeah, it was really nice to go down there and do that. I'd like, I'd like to jump in on that again. I don't know what's going to happen with all the um, – this with the shutdown. Our, our, they're going to open up the studios, they say, and start rolling um, in September – 
um, with all with that Fox and Paramount and, and uh, all over the place. So okay. in town and, and everybody's doing virtual and Zoom writing. So all the TV series are still all the writers are writing and the Internet is connecting everyone. But we just have to, you know, figure out what's going to really happen when the when it hits the fan. But I've been so lucky, Paul, to be able to do the work that I've done. It's just amazing. It's I'm really fortunate that, uh, that I've worked as much as I have and I got these two projects in the pipeline and I'm working on some other stuff. So it's it's really it's really great. But I want to go to the lake. I want to go to the lake and water ski <laughs> okay, that's it. Okay. I said it. All right. You you betcha. You betcha. Yeah, I want to get out on the dock and, you know, fish. You know, Chris Malky, uh it's it, not only I've been a, a big fan of your work before I got to know you, but uh, when I describe you to people, and trust me, if you've cruised around late night television, you've seen my guest Chris Mulkey. Google him; you'll see his handsome, his handsome face. But uh, I describe yeah. you, and I don't think I'm that far off base. I consider you the Warren Oates of our generation in terms of just an incredible character actor. Yeah, Warren Oates was a great, great, great actor. Oh man. Yeah, I I would I'd like to. I wonder if <laughs> I've done 105 feature films. Wow! I wonder how many Warren did. I think he because he was a contract player. He's I think he's got me by about 20, but I'm not done yet. So <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, and also I have the VHS copy that I bought for about a quarter at a garage sale years ago of the movie you wrote and produced and directed. Uh, called Patty Rocks, oh, and yeah. I'm amazed when I watched it again about a month ago that you had room for actually any dialogue between all the F-bombs. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that's one of the tricky things about writing a, um, a socially relevant, um, sexually frank movie. Um, yeah, my wife, uh, Karen Landry, uh, wrote, co-wrote that, uh, on that as well and she wrote all the really smart parts but i didn't i did not i did not direct that uh, david burton morris from oh, Paul directed that cool. yeah i did not direct that but i produced it and wrote it and uh, i starred in it i starred in it yep that's what i did now didn't and, it uh, uh, didn't it uh, chris monkey didn't you get mm -hmm. um somebody said there was more F-bombs in that uh, movie than there was in like a uh, Eddie Murphy stand-up routine or something. I mean, no, we had him, we had him by about a, we had him by two links. Um, no, <laughs> <clears throat> but they were going to give us an X rating because of uh, our content, you know, our, our verbal content. And uh, they were going to give us an X rating. And at the same time, Scarface came out and it was a studio release and they gave him an MP3 an MP parental guidance, whatever, right, whatever okay. it is. Yeah. And, uh, and so our distributor uh, went to the uh, motion picture people and they took a clicker and they clicked only the F words on our show. And uh, Scarface beat us by 10. <laughs> so they were forced to allow us to have the same rating as Scarface. And we did really well. It played all over the world. And, um, you know, we got a bunch of awards and that was, that was nice, but it was really fun. See, um, Chris Monkey, we're going to, we're going to play a little clip from probably one of the most iconic, uh, 
television uh, series of all time, Twin Peaks. This is your character, Hank Jennings. we got a minute leading up to it. Chris, tell us about uh, what was it like uh, working with David Lynch and the crew on Twin Peaks? Well, David wrote that with, uh, with Mark Frost, who I went to school with at the University of Minnesota. Hmm. And um, so working with um, a guy from Minnesota – um, was a real treat. And his father, Warren Frost, the late Warren Frost, was my directing teacher at the University of Minnesota and also played a part in it, as well as, um, I think there were eight Minnesotans on the, on the show. But um, David's a great director and a great visionary guy. And so it was always exciting and positive energy surrounding the, the show. I, I just can't tell you how, well, what a clean pitch it was it was just it was terrific in every way you know it's, i always say you know it's when a money gig meets a soul gig you know right great. and uh it's a great role great script uh dealing with a great subject and uh it was the birth of magical realism in television writing wow and so it was a great great uh, to be part of that so it was I was thrilled and I had a great time. And what a great group of actors. Oh, my gosh. So we've got uh, Chris Mulkey on. The whole show night of the Wall of Power Radio, we're so happy to have him. We're going to listen to a little bit of dialogue uh, from his characters, Hank Jennings, on uh, early Twin Peaks show. And have him on for one more set on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Hello, Hank. Hi, Harry. Glad to see me. You, uh... You're looking for free lunch. I recommend the meatloaf. I'll save it. I'm looking for you. Thanks for the reminder, Sheriff. Stop in any time. You lied. You said you were being honest. I was. I am. On the day Emily was murdered, a man named Bastion was released from prison. It says here that he killed before another girl 12 years ago. That's right, he did. So why didn't you tell people? Why didn't you warn them? Prisoners are released on parole every day. It's not our job. No, this is different. This is a murder. They set a murderer free and nobody knew about it. We learned by mistake. Family and country. He always felt the weight. That final set with my good friend Chris Mulkey. We just heard his tune, Everyday Man, that he wrote, performed. Uh, I've had the pleasure of playing that tune a dozen times with him. <laughs> Chris, uh, it's so good to hear you survived uh, COVID-19, and uh, you sound yeah. in great spirits. I saw a picture of you on Facebook. You did lose some weight, though. 
I did. I lost 14 pounds. Wow. I look like uh, I look like I uh, like uh, my college wrestling days. <laughs> I, I'm ripped, and that's not bad for a guy of my age. Right. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've got my six pack is back, and I don't mean the one in the refrigerator. <laughs> Although that's probably there too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's Corona too. <laughs> hey, Chris, tell us about. Uh, uh, you know, you've been living in California for years. You've had a lot of really cool friends and showbiz. What, um, who have you been talking to, and what's what's the vibe with everybody else uh, in terms of how they're approaching their work or lack of right now? Well, you know, um, everybody's waiting for the other shoe to drop, and you know, and have it be safe. So um, I'm in contact with uh, <coughs> um, Annika Marks. Was um, she she's she did a a TV series, um, mini series called uh, Waco about Waco, Texas, mm-hmm. and the David Koresh thing, and um, she's just sitting on her hands. But they're editing a movie that actually that I'm in, um, and so they're getting ready to get that out there. And uh, but who else have I been talking to? Um, Kim Arnold, this great Korean actor in New York City. Tony Plana, who did you know Ugly Betty and um, all kinds of stuff. Um, so I, I talked to Tony this morning. Um, I talked to my friend John Jenkins, who used to work for me with me at the Minneapolis Children's Theater. And then, of course, we did Patty Rocks and uh, Loose Ends. And, uh, you know, everybody's just sitting around waiting. There's no theater. I want to give a shout out to Brian Dennehy, who passed away. At oh, yes. In Connecticut. So, you know, he and I did two movies together. He and I did um, he and I did a rumor of war. Um, a CBS movie about uh, from the book a Rumor of War uh, about Vietnam and the Marines in Vietnam. We did that one, and then we did a. The next year, we worked together on a movie called um, Rambo: First Blood. So, wow. Uh, so that whole group of actors, we've been talking uh, back and forth about Brian. So, but everybody's just sitting on their hands waiting, and um, and kind of i don't know being in venice it's kind of like being up at the lake paul without being able to go out on the boat you know exactly it's it's kind of just chilled out at the house but um you know the flowers are blooming and stuff like that it's just great and of course i'm i'm gonna uh hit paul i'm gonna hit um tom and rita hanks uh, miss rita wilson who's a great singer by the way uh she has a great band bunch of great cds but i've been talking to a lot of and i'm talking to a lot of uh, guys down in down in nashville and um who are just waiting for the tour buses to roll but but none of them are going to roll so they're in talk about economic distress i mean yeah. these are guys who you know go out and hit the road i think i think my friend um Eddie Bodan, who plays with Sammy Kershaw mm-hmm. and Aaron Neville, um, yeah, they were out. They played 152 dates on the road last year. Wow! And on this, uh, they did the Roots, uh, the Boots for Ro- Roots for Boots, Boots for Roots tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and they're just, everything's parked. They're just parked. Are yeah. those uh, are those birds I'm hearing in the backyard? Are those the voices in my head? Those may be the voices in your head, but no, there's birds. There's I have hummingbirds here, and uh, and there's some nightingales. Um, it's great. It's um, yeah, it's really it's really good. I got my uh, yeah, there they are. Listen, oh, they won't do it now. <laughs> That's me. 
but uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful here. It's just amazing. I'm gonna go. Uh, I think I'm gonna go and get on my motorcycle and go get a uh, a turkey burger at George's Burgers are here in town. Now, you do wear you? A face mask. Yeah, you wear a face mask now, so you feel comfortable going back into the grocery store and and. Uh, oh yeah, okay. I just wear a ma- I wear a mask and I follow protocol and. Um, you know, and when I get home, I wipe down all the products with uh, with uh, Clorox, the bleach, and uh, because, <coughs> pardon me, I live here, but uh, my daughter and and her husband Nick, Lizzie and Nick, live here, and they haven't had COVID, and they live right across the hall from me. So <sighs> it's it's and they tested, they've been tested, and they don't have it, and so it's really interesting, but it's really important to follow protocol, and uh, and I know it's inconvenient, but I've had friends in New York who actors who have died and of it, and uh, that's not good. Yeah, well, it's you know, like somebody put up on on Twitter a few weeks ago that said, "I'd rather wait a few weeks get to get my hair done than have my hair done by a mortician." Yeah, (laughs) you know what? You know what I mean? But it's that serious. It's that serious. It is that serious. Yeah, I had it. You know, I. You know, I'm in that I'm in the over 65 demographic. And so, you know, those guys, I, I got a flu shot and a a flu shot and a pneumonia shot in November. And now they say that people that did that, um, it served them well. And uh, so it did. I'm, I'm still here talking to you, which is good. So Chris, Malkin. but I can't. I can't. I just before you sign off, I just I can't wait to come back and play with you somewhere in town and sunny, and have a have a little brandy and a small glass of beer. And worst case scenario, we can do it around my fire pit, northeast Minneapolis. Well, that would be fat. That may be even better. Yeah, <laughs> Chris, you got uh, thanks, Chris Malky, for the whole show tonight. We've got thirty seconds left. Uh, Give us a PSA we can use on AM950. Shout out to the M950 audience and tell them how to stay safe right now. Well, for all you people out there in AM950 in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and all of Minnesota, just follow the protocol. Stay in your homes. If you're going to go out for a walk, talk to people from six feet away. Thank you. uh, Have fun. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show was produced by Paul Metza. The engineer was Brett Johnson in the basement of AM 950 in Eden Prairie, which is neither Eden nor a prairie. You can follow what I'm up to at paulmetza.com. We will be doing some more musical live streams. I will be reading from my book soon on my Facebook page and more. We hope everybody out there staying safe, healthy, and happy. Be careful. We'll get over this all together so i want to send you all my healing vibes and good vibes and love from paul metza and like my dad used to tell me remember to be kind and make someone happy there will be no power brokers